And before moving on, I would just like to say one final thing about this dispute involving Tom Void and Drew Beeson, and that is that I want to take a very clear stance that there appear to be two major pieces of info that are missing from Tom Void's criticisms. The first one is some type of documentation or certifiable proof that Don Cheney's DNA was tested and came back negative, and or even that they have the Zodiac Killer's DNA at all, because as somebody in the general public, I feel like I'm absolutely in the dark, because obviously they're saying that they've eliminated su suspects such as Arthur Lee Allen and Shel Cavale because of DNA, but then when you hear the counter-arguments and people who are challenging that narrative, they're saying something to the exact opposite side, that there's no possible way they could have obtained the Zodiac Killer's DNA, and that they are either mistaken or some people intentionally misrepresented their findings because they wanted to save face. And some guy who's just like me, who's just hearing things on two sides of the issue, is just thinking, well, what, what do I do? Who do I believe in this particular one? So that one, I think, is lost in ambiguity, and as I said before, that if Tom Voigt has numerous samples of Don Cheney's handwriting, I mean, why not reveal them, and then people can make their own determinations if they think Don Cheney's handwriting matches the Zodiac Killers or not, but um, I'm, I'm really even not so too sure about what law enforcement said about Don Cheney's um, handwriting, but I think that's where I have to leave it at for now. And at this time, I would like to get to your shout-outs for the supporters on buymeacoffee.com. As I said, anyone who makes a contribution to the show will get a shout-out. The first one is to Sobek Lord, who says, enjoy the coffee, Ned. Sobek, L-O-T-F-C. And, um, I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean love of the freaking content, maybe? But hey, thank you, Sobek Lord. And the next one comes to us from Jamie Hill, who says, Dude, you rock. Where's Steve? And I wasn't quite sure if you're refer referring to one of the regular listeners to the program, Steve Allen, or to Stephen Avery, because I had started a multi-part series on the uh, case of Stephen Avery, who is the subject of the Netflix docuseries Making a Murderer, which is um, about Stephen Avery, his nephew Brendan Dassey, and the 2005 murder of Teresa Hallback. I hope to continue some of that this summer, and definitely... Um, uh, just see where the story takes us, because recently Stephen Avery was transferred to a minimum security prison, and a statement was released by his attorney, Kathleen Zellner, saying that, okay, that's the first step, now the next step is trying to get him out, because they believe that Stephen Avery was wrongfully convicted for the 2005 murder of Teresa Hallback. But the difference between a story like Making a Murderer and the Zodiac Killer is we might actually see some results in the very near future. On the one hand, there are some people who think that the Zodiac Killer mystery is going to be solved relatively soon. I'm not 100% certain that that's going to happen. And then there are other people out there, even Drew Beeson, um, who, who I've been discussing, said that the case will most likely never be solved to everybody's satisfaction. But, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's it's still up in the air, but... Part of me is just hoping that some way, somehow, we're going to have a Golden State Killer ending when there's going to be some type of forensic breakthrough, and we're all just going to find out, okay, this person was the Zodiac Killer, or even if it's a group of people, or even if it's orchestrated in some particular way, we will have some type of universal understanding of what happened, and the victims and their families will get closure, they can finally rest in peace, and also it would just put an end to all of the wild theories out there, but 
we will uh, keep going. And um, I think that that person, though, might have actually been referring to Steve Allen because the next um, supporter on buymeacoffee.com is indeed Steve Allen, who says, also known as Ned's number one fan. Keep kicking ass, Ned. Steve, thank you so much. And we have one from Floyd Black 53 who says, These shows get me pondering into the wee hours. Love the Zodiac shows best. Go buy some books, Ned. You will have a lot of reading to do. Oh, yes, I got a big summer reading list, too. And um, I have uh, two novels in the Invasion America series that I'm going to be trying to read for fun. And they're actual paperback books, not to the... Um, Kindle version, and I I really don't read too many novels in paperback form, but um, as far as the true crime books that I'll be discussing with you guys, you know, going through um, some more Zodiac Killer ones, as well as um, talking about some of these other theories out there, like I mentioned, um, the one about geometric shapes and patterns and Zodiac star signs, I'm going to be going through that book, it's by Wolfgang Schindler, and um, also I picked up a copy of Lunches with Mr. Q, which is written by Kevin Nelson, and I need to apologize to Kevin because I was talking about that book last week, but I didn't show the graphic until the very end. Yes, he is somebody who wrote this book about Shel Cavale, Microdelli's Zodiac Killer Suspect, and again, this book isn't designed to be a Zodiac Killer one, but it's written all about someone who has been accused of these crimes, and I'm always going to be curious what other people have to say. And uh, Shil Cavale actually authored his own book called I Never Look Back, and I think that that just ties right into his um, speed junkie, adrenaline junkie, need for speed addiction that he had. Shil Cavale just seemed absolutely obsessed with auto racing, horse racing, and um, even even running himself unofficially tied the world record for the 100-meter dash, which was actually set by Jesse Owens at the time. So, yes, lots of reading to do this um, summer. And right now I would like to move on to something that is a little bit more fitting of the title, Zodiac Killer News Report. And I had so many things to talk to you guys about today before I saw um, these videos from Tom and Drew, but they, I would just, um, to get to it right now, Travis Miller runs the Lawrence Kane WordPress, lawrencekane.wordpress.com, and he's been researching the life of Lawrence Kane, a Zodiac Killer suspect, for more than 10 years. And recently, he sent me an email in regards to something that I had said on my episode, Lawrence Kane Debunked. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't heard those or watched those videos yet, I used to do the debunking series where I would talk about some Zodiac Killer suspects whom I think absolutely were not the Zodiac Killer, and Lawrence Kane was one of them. I used to think that he was somewhat high on the list, like maybe a 7 out of 10, but then I just had to keep lowering him and lowering him and lowering him because, number one, it's possible that he might have been on the shorter side, like even too short to match some of these 5 foot 8 descriptions. It seems like his height is around 5 foot 7, and I mostly only entertain suspects who are 5 foot 8 to 6 feet tall, but in one of his mugshots he does appear that he is um, around maybe 5 foot 8, so just borderline in that respect. And the second one is that um, I think that his facial features are absolutely inconsistent with that of the Zodiac Killer uh, composite sketch. But there was the thing that I said in the debunking series was that Lawrence Kane at one time worked for a mobster named Alan Dorfman in organized crime. And I said that I thought that this was absolutely contrary to anything Zodiac-related. Working for a mobster, 
anything involving organized crime syndicates, and that includes Arthur Lee Allen because he, um, I guess, tried to at one point. But any of these suspects, even Troy Houghton would be another one who did some other things with a very organized group. I just didn't think that, that has, there's an ounce of evidence in any of the Zodiac material to suggest that. So I received this message from Travis Miller, firstly in the comment section on the Zodiac Killer debunking series, but then he sent me an email, and anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com, saying, Regarding Alan Dorfman, I suspect that Lawrence Kane was actually working for a Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe-based real estate developer named Al Dorfman. And you might be thinking, well, I mean, there's a high chance that that could be the same, right? Well, someone who thought that was Harvey Hines, the person who wrote a very detailed report on Lawrence Kane, someone who thought that Lawrence Kane was the Zodiac Killer. I'm sure you've seen the video of him on YouTube where he reveals his solution to the Z13 cipher, which is named Kane 1924. And Travis continues by saying, I suggest that Harvey Hines, when assembling his report in the 1990s, conflated Alan Dorfman with the real estate developer Albert Dorfman, who went by the name Al, due to their overlapping whereabouts together with the rarity of the name. And that means that this entire thing about Lawrence Kane having an organized crime connection could simply have just been a giant mistake. To continue, Albert Dorfman, also known as Al, was stated in the Harvey Hines report as working at the Sahara Tahoe, and Lawrence Kane worked at the Sahara Tahoe as a sales representative and public relations officer for a land develop company, land development company named Wellington Orient Incorporated. Wellington Orient, in turn, had a subsidiary called Miami Beach Vacations. One of the partners in the Miami Beach firm was the aforementioned Albert Dorfman. According to Albert Dorfman's obituary, he first came to Las Vegas in 1954 from Billings, Montana, as a minority partner with Milton Prell and Al Winters in the Club Bingo, which later became the Sahara Tahoe Hotel, after it was purchased by Del Webb. He moved permanently to Las Vegas in 1968. He was in the public relations and real estate sector, a partner in Miami Beach Vacations with offices in the Sahara Thunderbird, Oh, sorry, the Sahara, comma, the Thunderbird, the Mint and the Dunes, as well as offices in Reno and Lake Tahoe. Dorfman's obituary also notes that he was an associate of William Bennett, who managed the Sahara Tahoe, and actor Buddy Hackett, who was vice president of the Sahara Nevada Corporation. And Travis Miller and I exchanged several different messages, but I wanted to get a very clear point and understanding of this. Is he saying that this whole thing about Lawrence Kane working for the mobster Alan Dorfman is just a giant mistake on the part of Harvey Hines, and the whole time he w was actually working for perhaps a more honest real estate developer named Albert Dorfman, not Alan Dorfman? And Travis Miller responded by saying, yes, you understood correctly. However, he wouldn't call Albert Dorfman a honest businessman, and I was like, okay, I don't know too much about that guy, I'll take your word for it, I would expect that there must be some type of shady dealings going on, 
but does this change my stance on Lawrence Kane as a Zodiac Killer suspect? Does that mean that he does not belong in the Zodiac Killer debunking series? No, absolutely not. I mean, I can accept that that is um, an incorrect piece of information that was widely distributed throughout the internet, but the reason why it doesn't change my stance on him is because, if anything, that speaks to the credibility of Harvey Hines, who assembled this report in the first place, which just shows that perhaps he didn't have the most thorough understanding of the people in the life of Lawrence Kane. And furthermore, it also just goes to show that Harvey Hines gets accused of this stuff all the time. Ever since I did those first episodes on Lawrence Kane, I began to um, just hear this from other people, that they're telling these stories about how Harvey Hines was just either not well liked, people didn't trust him, and I, d I have no idea what his true intention and motivation was going on there. I do admit that it really is um, quite shocking that Lawrence Kane even has a connection at all to the Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino, because you guys will remember that that is the place where Donna Lass was working, a possible Zodiac Killer victim, and she disappeared from the Sahara Tahoe at possibly... 1.46 in the morning, I'd, I'm not really sure, on September 6th of 1970. What happened to her is a mystery. Was she abducted by the Zodiac Killer, or was she simply just abducted and murdered by someone who was in her personal life? And I tend to think it's the latter, because I'm really just not convinced that there's an ounce of a Zodiac connection. I'm, I'm just not seeing it. And also, I do not believe that the 1970 abduction of Kathleen Johns was the Zodiac Killer either, because those crimes are so different than that of the Zodiac in 1968 and 69. And I know that this person is writing letters saying that he's going to disguise his crimes to make them look like ordinary um, robberies, or just the activities of criminal thugs, paraphrasing, paraphrasing, those aren't quotations, but I just don't see how that shows anything like abducting someone off of Highway Route 132 in California, that was in um, March 22nd of 1970, the abduction of Kathleen Johns, driving around with her, setting her car on fire, and then the abduction of Donna Lass in 1970, the Zodiac was so weak, just someone who would only go after the victims when they were either defenseless or completely incapacitated or just restrained and bound like at Lake Berryessa, and I do not think that that point needs enough reiteration. We just need to hear that over and over again. The Lake Herman Road murders occurred on December 20th of 1968 with the um, murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. The Zodiac may have ordered them out of their car, but... Uh, he shot two defenseless teenagers who who didn't have any way of fighting back. He has a firearm, they did not, and he murdered them in cold blood. The Blue Rock Springs shooting on July 4th of 1969, same story. Shooting two unarmed people sitting in a car and running away. The Lake Berryessa stabbing. The Zodiac didn't attack the victims until they were bound and restrained and had no ability to fight back. The murder of Paul Stein on October 11th of 1969. The Zodiac Killer shot a taxi driver in the side of the head, and that's, um, I, I mean, how on earth would he, um, have really been able to fight back? Because, because bear in mind that Paul Stein wouldn't have had any idea that this person, um, wearing rust-colored pants and some type of parka-like coat was going to murder him. 
So I think the point that I'm trying to get at is those crimes, such as the attempted abduction of Kathleen Johns and the abduction of Donna Lass, are way too personal, physical, and intimate for the Zodiac Killer. That's why I don't believe the Zodiac had anything to do with them. And most importantly, the victims in those cases would have had way more of an ability to defend themselves than the ones I just talked about. Kathleen Johns, she wasn't restrained at all. No, I don't think so. Donna Lass was allegedly abducted from her place of employment, although it could be um, she was abducted after walking home to her um, play, place of residence, the Monteverdi apartment complex on Pioneer Trail Road. But if you go to my playlist on the disappearance of Donna Lass, I used to do a regular series about her. I don't believe that. That is an alternative theory. I strongly suggest that she was abducted from the Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino, or maybe she crossed paths with the wonderful Albert Dorfman, not Alan Dorfman. So, um, getting back to Lawrence Kane, though, I think that this just um, shows that maybe he was never really a very strong suspect to begin with. And at this time, though, I would like to uh, switch gears a little bit and move on to another possible solution to the Zodiac Killer ciphers. And I have to give a shout-out to Sphere, also known as Sphere the Cube. And this one was sent in as well to the email address, blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com. And Sphere has proposed a new solution to the Zodiac Killer's Z18 code. The Zodiac Killer not only committed crimes, but he also wrote letters, made phone calls, and wrote in the ciphers, which he is perhaps most famous for. And the first cipher that the Zodiac sent in was called the 408, because it had 408 characters. And it has been mostly decoded. It's the one that says, I like killing people because it's so much fun. It's even more fun than getting your rocks off of the girl. I can do better than that, right? Let's think. I like killing people because it's so much fun. It's even more fun than hunting wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Um, even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. When I die, I'll be reborn in paradise and those who I have killed will be my slaves. Something to that effect. But the final line of the 408 cipher has never been completely decoded and it is referred to as the Z18 code. And Sphere has uh, sent in a possible solution saying that the reason why people were not able to decode it is because it was actually written in Pig Latin. So I don't misrepresent this, I want to give you guys the most Oxford English dictionary-style definition of Pig Latin. And it is a language formed from English by transferring the initial consonant or consonant cluster of each word to the end of the word and adding a vocalic syllable, usually A. So Pig Latin would become Igpe Atenle. So it's not exactly a real language, but more like a system of disguising English language words. How about encoding English language words? And the Pig Latin solution to the Z18 code is as follows. And the first, the letters are E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-P-H-H-I-P-T-I. -E 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 okay, butcher that a little bit. But um, I think you get the idea. There is this set of 18 letters. Now, the first step that you have to do is to rearrange them. And 
if you um, put them in a particular order, and this can be done very easily, it is obitre, ime, ethe, ite, ihe. And it comes out in a phonetic operation, so you actually would have to um, kind of give the possibility that you would just need to add the A sound onto the end of the words. The A-Y isn't actually written there, but many people have pointed out that this could contain the name Robert. There's the obitre would be Robert, and the translation of obitre ipe ithe ipte ihe would be the tip. Hi, I'm Robert. And I think that there are two major words that people often look for in the Z18 code. The first one is Robert, and the second one is before. When I first looked at this thing, like for the absolute first time in 2011, I thought that I could see the word before, even though there's no F. And there was that one YouTuber out there who called himself T, and he said that it, the solution was before me, the thy pity. He thought the same thing I did, except before me, the thy pity isn't a very good uh, sentence. But believe it or not, I actually think that this is a reasonable solution to the Z18 cipher, or Z18 code, rather. Obitre ime ithe ipte ihe is pig Latin for the tip, hi, I'm Robert. And after the revelation of the 340 cipher being solved in, uh, that was in the winter of 2020, right? It appeared that the Zodiac most likely has real solutions to all of his ciphers and codes. There was a big debate about this before. Some people were saying this, the 408 cipher was solved so easily. I like killing people because it's so much fun. It's more fun than hunting wild game in the forest. I did it better that time. But the other ciphers, such as the Z340, the Z32, and the Z13, people are saying those are just duds. If they actually had any real meaning, they would have been solved by now. And I, I really thought that was a very high possibility. I tried to solve the Z340 myself, and you can still hear my attempted solution. But I was wrong. And I'll fully admit that. David Orenchak, Earl Van Eyck, and Sam Blake perhaps achieved the real solution, almost certainly achieved the real solution. So uh, the Z18, though, is a little bit different, because this is the final line of text at the bottom of a different piece of um, another cipher. And some people think that this may have just been done by accident. It was a mistake on the part of the cryptographer. And then there are people out there such as Steve Hodell and Gary Stewart, and this is the only time I'll ever say anything praiseworthy about Gary Stewart, they propose that it's meaningless, it's just meant to keep you guessing, kind of like the dud or the red herring theory. That could be the case, but the whole reason why I'm telling you this is, I can only guess, but I think that a serial killer of this um, nature would put his real identity in there. If you crack the code, you'll get my real identity somewhere, not the 340, that's been solved, not the 408, that's mostly been solved, but the final line, the Z18, perhaps yes. The Z13 cipher, perhaps. Uh, I don't believe the Zodiac put his identity in the Z32, because he says very clearly that it's not about his identity, it's about the location of a bomb. But what do you think about this solution to the Z18 code? 
one more time, the letters are E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-I-P-T-I. You can rearrange them to obitre ime ite ipte ihe, which is pig Latin for the tip. Hi, I'm Robert. And even if he gives you his first name, what was his last name? Robert Smith or something like that? How on earth would we be able to find out which Robert? So, giving his identity, but nothing that could actually get him convicted. So, I mean, is this the actual solution to the code? I don't know, but I think it's a pretty good attempt on the part of Sphiri. So, I give Sphiri a lot of uh, credit, and thank you for sending this in. And I'm always willing to listen to anybody's thoughts and ideas on the cipher. But I did say that there people did point out the word Robert, and one person who talked about that very frequently was none other than Robert Graysmith. And um, he didn't think that the solution was Robert Smith, of course, his uh, birth name. No, Graysmith said that it was Robert Emmett the Hippie. And when I was reading the book Zodiac Unmasked, which I have a book discussion about here on this channel, he said that in the 1980s, he met up with the journalist Paul Avery, and they were discussing the ciphers, and they brought up the Z18 code. And Graysmith asks Paul Avery, what do you think that code was? And Avery says, I still think that it's Robert Emmett. Robert Emmett the hippie. And Robert Emmett isn't even a real Zodiac Killer suspect, to the best of my knowledge. I have one episode about him. It's mostly tied to a statue of Robert Emmett, the Irish Revolutionary at Golden Gate Park. And I think that that could have been a clue to the killer's identity as opposed to the actual killer's identity. But absolutely, I think the tip, hi, I'm Robert, is a better answer than Robert Emmett the hippie. Because, I mean... There's really just not a whole lot in the Zodiac Killer's language that suggests that he actually was a hippie. Maybe somebody who hated hippies, but why on earth would you call yourself that? If your name's Robert Emmett and you're the Zodiac Killer and you hate hippies, why would you say I'm Robert Emmett the hippie? So I'm going with this Pig Latin version more, but if you um, want to challenge um, Siri on this or challenge me on any of the observations I've made, please feel free to do so. And... Also, if you want to weigh in on anything that Tom Foyt and Drew Beeson have shared about their ideas in regards to the Zodiac Killer mystery, you can put those in the comments section down below. Or you want to talk about Michael Cole or Lawrence Kane, the Zodiac Killer suspect, I also want to hear those from you. Anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com. You can also get me on Facebook. My personal Facebook is in the description box. And there is always blackboxnid88 on Instagram. And I will see you over there for the bonus podcast. Until next time.